You got feedback from Amy? You just you just did a big sigh. Welcome to Talking to Todd, a special bonus edition with Dwayne Johnson, Todd Prinz, and Preston Poots Jacobson. We went way long. <laughs> we talked about Amazon a lot. A, a lot more than we should have since they're not sponsoring us, if we're clear. <laughs> Although, given what we talked about in the episode, I can guarantee you they are never sponsoring us. <laughs> Yeah, we talked about Amazon a lot, and and its competitor, the U.S. Postal Service. Anyway, um, we we did all of that, but then because we never know exactly what the editor is going to do, decided to throw this as as bonus content for for a whole host of reasons. So we're going to throw it to that interview. Hey, welcome. Okay, so we are uh, joined now by Preston Poots Jacobson, who is the source of last week's Where's the Beef story. Welcome, Preston. Welcome. Thanks for having me. We're, we're glad you're here. This is awesome. <laughs> Amy comes home and says, Preston wants to be on the show. And we're like, well, A, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not be on the show? I mean, I've never, I've been on a couple podcasts before, but I've never been able to talk about like my other passion, which is like beef cattle and beef production. And so I was like, might as well now. And then Mark, my husband wanted to, or I was like, do you want to join? And he was like, uh, you talk for the both of us usually. <laughs> what we do, we do have an on, we have an ongoing thing here that, uh, there's, there's a love hate relationship with people named Mark as guests on this show at times. So yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> Let's start with, I had Poots beef for dinner tonight, I yeah. think. So there's a debate between Amy and I, because we got it when we put the order in, right? We'd put the order in and this is the cuts that we want. And we, or we were, one of the things we were able to select was pre-made hamburger patties. Yeah. So the debate is, do we just get random hamburger or is the hamburger patties that we got specifically from the quarter of the beef that we got? Yeah. So from the locker, they split it out evenly. So amongst you and three others, the quarter and the patties that were made were from the quarter that you got. So I'm not quite sure if you had rump roast, you know, like how many rump roasts you had, but like that can kind of be ground up into the beef uh, and then make beef patties. Um, but yeah, they, I don't, it's a science on their end of how they evenly distribute that, uh, but they do it, which is why we chose them as the locker that we wanted to take all our cattle to because of how well their user interface was on their website. Um, 
for people for our customers to go there and kind of select as well as just the kind of overall customer service that they had it that was i know that was one of the questions that i had was it was how did you land on there because you're not anywhere close to story city we're not um i actually when i was in college i was going to be a teacher so i was ag ed um, and I was going to be a teacher and I had to do my student teaching there in Roland Story or at the Roland Story High School. And okay. it was a place that we toured. I took the students in the nutrition class to tour and it was just a family owned business and it was really cool storefront. I wish because of the pandemic, you know, like they don't have that nice and open, but it was one of the ones that I was like, oh yes, because my family takes it to another locker that's closer by and it is really just like, hey, your calf's ready. Type of that's all you get. <laughs> Let's talk about the history of this to start with. This isn't this isn't just something that you just randomly decided to do. You grew up with this, right? Yeah. So I grew up this is, I grew up with the cattle and with the livestock operation. It's multi-generational. So really it go the farm goes back 151 years now or will be 152 this year, um, is founded in 1869. Um, So it's a long withstanding farm amongst my family. And now my grandpa, uh, my dad, my brother, and Mark and I all are hands on deck. And, you know, you throw in my mom and my grandma and then my other brother. You know, so it's definitely an operation that was diversified, obviously went through a bunch, imagine all the things that my farm has probably seen um, through trends and different things like that and how it progressed. And so that's kind of, it's not new in that aspect, um, but this selling beef wholesale to customers is new for us. That is the first um, time we have done that. And a lot of things happened in 2020 that just makes everyone go, what have I been doing for the past, you know, X, Y, Z year? I'm ready to do something different. Might as well do it in a pandemic year. <laughs> so, okay. So what chores either now or growing up, do you push off to your brother or, or which ones, mm. do, you know, what's your least favorite chore? What was, surely there's some family history here about, you know, sibling yeah. rivalry who had to do what, there, what did you like to do? Always, yeah, there is always a rivalry amongst three boys, um, no matter what. So I would say the chore, you could relate this rivalry. I mean, we would find competition about anything, you know, we would split wood because the farmhouse has like a wood burning furnace. And it was like, who could split the most wood in the X amount of time, or who could chuck the wood the farthest, (laughs) um, bailing. That sounds like, that sounds like an excellent idea that, that, uh, that, that your dad came up with is guys, I got a competition. (laughs) (laughs) let's see who can chop the most amount of wood in the next, let's call it, I don't know, half an hour, um, (laughs) go. And, and you're like, uh, this was easier than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was that. And, um, baling hay, that was also a competition and baling hay is if we had to pick the least favorite farm chore, it is baling hay for me. Uh, growing up, I had, I mean, I still feel like I have it a little bit, but I have hay fever. So then you throw in like the 95 degree day, middle of the day, out in the sun, or if you got lucky, you got to go in the barn, but then it was all dusty. And that's where all the uh, hay particles were floating around too. So you either got sunburned or you got black boogers for the you know next three days. 
Um, and then red itchy right. eye. And so good, Bailing good Hay news, bad my, news. <laughs> Bailing Hay has always been my least favorite farm chore. And I would say, I mean, it's, and we do square bales too. And ever since I was little, we've always done um, about like a thousand square bales. And then that was usually like the first cutting of the alfalfa. And then everything else was all the round bales, which was nice. You only had to do it one time in the summer, but still it's just like, if we can crank that out in one day, I am a happy camper and I don't have to keep coming back to bale more hay. The other one around that of baling hay would be my, when I was talking about having hay fever, I'd always complain. And my dad was like, well, growing up, you know, we had hogs and his, he was allergic to hog hair on every, so I don't know how many hogs they ran, but like he had to do all the farrowing and all the pig chores and he was allergic to the hogs themselves and he still had to suck it up and do it (laughs) i'm guessing if the hogs were aware of it and i know that they weren't but they would be like oh oh we we're we're bothering you a little bit yeah trust (laughs) me trust me at the end of this process you you have a lot less irritation from us than we're going to have from you. Yeah. 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 When you think about all the things that go into pig production. Yeah. The, uh, my grandfather had Pharaoh to finish operation, um, as well as beef cattle and, and corn and soybeans, I guess at one point, but yeah, I, the, I think that the happiest day for him was when they stopped doing hogs he was <laughs> he was so ready they had, he had cattle for a long time after that but to get rid of the hog operation he was yeah that yeah was, that was i great. think that was kind of the thing same thing for my family too it was nice to just kind of say goodbye to the hogs and just uh ramp up the beef numbers and i mean that's essentially what we've done and being able to focus on that as well as still being diversified helps too so how did to go to go back to the direct to the customer thing would so would you call that a success was that mm-hmm. as you're ramping this up were you pleased with how you're i mean do you have a season for this then and and how did yeah. that go yeah i would definitely say we're pleased with it it was definitely a learning experience too because it was our first time doing it first time with this locker i would say that it was a success and still to the point of we're still learning things even as like our customers are sending us their invoices in so we can see how much you know they went with uh how much weight they got back and then some of their cuts that they got because a lot of people are in the you know for the beef quarter or half where they were in for those specialty cuts which if you price check those at the you know your local grocery store I would say that it's a win for our customers, a win for Mark and I, and then, you know, a win for being able to do this long term um, and maybe slowly increase. I would say that we are looking already at, you know, 2022 and trying to find the seasonality of it because last year we looked at it in May. Um, Some of the, it was kind of a perfect storm of what happened in the cattle industry as far as you had the pandemic coming in March, but a couple months before that, even six months before that, uh, the buyers and the packing plants, um, so like a Tyson's and those big dogs that you know go out to the sale barns. Um, at in our case, we used to take it to a local sale barn that is in Tama, so it's right next door to a big manufacturer, a big harvest plant, essentially. 
And we would take it there. They'd obviously have all their buyers and they were buying it for, let's just, I mean, they were buying it for a dollar a pound. Well, then if you went to the grocery store three weeks later, you would find your hamburger, ground hamburger, be sold for $6 a pound. So they were getting almost an 80 to 100% markup. And they were running with that. And now the Buyers Association, all them, they have this, from what I have been reading and understanding, they still have pretty strong legislative lobby holds uh, on Capitol Hill to allow them to continue to do this. So much that even or the Iowa Beef Council has put together a directory in May to match up. They saw that this was a trend that was happening and they started matching up customers, uh, local consumers in areas to um, farmers. Uh, beef producers themselves. So because they were trying to help the beef producers out, because in this case, the farmers were that direct integration, the farmers were losing a lot of money off of that. So really, what we found is, you know, when we started shopping in May, we were like, Oh, let's call and the lockers were booked up. And we were like, right. oh, no, when's the closest we're going to get in. And that's still the case. There's lockers popping up everywhere, some expanding. And, you know, they still haven't called us and the locker sells and called us yet to make our 2022 dates yet. The nice thing about this locker was we were able to, you know, we knew we only wanted to focus on five calves because we didn't know what a customer base would look like for the first year. And so then now, and they were a lot, they were very flexible to let us cancel um, without penalty or fee as well. So that is another reason why we went with, went with them. And that's one of the things for next year that we're already looking for of like, well, let's go out and let's say 10 and see what we can do there. And, you know, also having people be reoccurring customers as well as trying to grow it a little bit too, in a smart sense and still being a win for customers. So they're not paying $6 a pound for hamburger as well as I think it's kind of dropped down a little bit since then, but all those specialty cuts are still, you know, through the roof. And so we still want to be able to provide that value of, and, you also add in like the quality aspect, like there's nothing better than knowing your farmer. I feel like, um, I enjoy my own hard work into the cattle or like the beef that I eat, you know, as well as not to mention like the vegetable garden that my grandparents have on the farm as well. Like I enjoy eating those vegetables too, because I was out there, you know, pulling weeds and everything else growing up. <laughs> My folks have, as I as I relate on the on the on the show last week, my folks have gotten bought like this for years. I'll brown a pound of hamburger and barely have to drain it. Mm-hmm. You know the the quality of what we get. Yeah, you know, over and over, um, particularly because and and we did this as well. We got steaks. And we got a couple of roasts and we got hamburger and that's it. We got hamburger and we got patties, you know? So all of those, you know, that really good stuff went into the, it makes, makes really good hamburger. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's. So the quality is something that like we pride ourselves on. Now we have people asking about doing grass fed beef. Um, I work out at the gym downstairs and I work out with a bunch of athletes and, they're always like, well, I, you know, one of them actually did buy from us this year. And then a couple of them were like, well, if you had grass fed and 
I've had grass fed, you know, beef patties before. And it's like, okay, well, it's not really my thing, probably because I just grew up with corn fed beef. But uh, I was saying that I would, you know, I'd look into it for them, you know, like the logistics would be more of a hassle on my end for the farm of just trying to figure out how to do it. Cause it would go right. against the process that I, that we have had on this farm for ages. So that, and then I also kind of throw into, I'm like, well, look at me, I'm still like pretty fit. And I got a body by beef, like corn fed beef. <laughs> like you guys could do it well, too. When, when you start, you start looking at where's the ROI, how much more can you charge? Yeah. I, for that yeah, calf, exactly. if it's grass fed and how much more are your inputs, you know? Yep. And I mean, that's, it's the pencil to paper I have to think about right. too. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And and what's your time worth yes. to have to, you know, how many it I mean and how many do you have to do to make that cash flow work? Mm-hmm. Right? And make it worth yeah. the investment of your time over Oh yeah, for like sure. Like you said, what you know what you know works and what has worked for decades. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, we went to we went from uh, the corn fed of just, you know, pretty much, you know, having this idea, wanting to do it and just kind of sending out little notes to people at work, as well as just some of our peers or people from church. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, we didn't really have to do any sort of like, hey, I see a lot of my friends, um, other beef producers across the state are always kind of like putting notes on Facebook, you know, maybe like three to four weeks ahead of when the calf is going to locker asking if anyone wants it, you know, once a quarter or a half. And we never really had to do that. And I do think it's the location of where our farm is at and being close to the Des Moines Metro. But also I truly think it's just like all the different connections that we have. And that's why we didn't feel like we needed to go join a Facebook group and say, Hey, we have this, you know, if you're a foodie person, we have, you know, we're joining that group and we're going to put Facebook posts here for you to see, you know, it was really just like caught wind. I mean, we have a client at LF that I work on that I've just mentioned it once. And it was just like, boom, like that. And then got me another customer just like that. So how, if, if people wanted to find out more, or if they were interested in learning more about the 2022 program, how would they do that? Yes. They can email me, uh, at, uh, pbpoots at gmail.com. Uh, that's all we have right now is just simply the email, uh, you know, and they can call me too, but essentially that's how Mark and I have been operating this standard old email and phone number. Now, if we got up and we were like selling all of our feeder cattle this way, you know, I feel like we'd be having a robust website, you know, I'd be tapping into my Lessing Flynn resources a little bit more <laughs> and having them design me an e-newsletter template too. <laughs> Yeah, uh, take, I'm thinking take online I'm, orders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point, you're gonna what you're gonna really want is you're gonna want an app, and then people can then like go through. And I'm thinking like you can swipe left or right uh, for the cow that you want, right? And then oh and then and then you have options, right? You have beef fed or grass fed, and then it and then it changes that, right? And you're like, okay, and then you got the options or whatever, oh and then it gives God. you the grand rule, and then you just hit. You hit yep reserve, and then uh, and then at some point, uh, some point you you drive up to Story City, and you get uh, you 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 get an amazing amount. Uh, you're gonna want to bring multiple coolers because you're gonna get a whole lot of ground beef, like a Tinder profile for each calf out in the lot, 
and you know you take a picture of like bessie and it's like number 14 or whatever and then it's like you have like stats on her (laughs) i'm gonna be really disappointed if i try to match with the cow and the cow rejects me because i've got enough issues already i i was more gonna say so we we usually tell everybody on on our program or we need to start telling people be careful what you google um tinder for cows i'm gonna say anybody that's listening to this please please do not google to see if that already exists because that's not what we're talking about and i'm and i'm 99 certain it probably does exist and you do not want that in your search history <laughs> okay so i i i can't let you get away without without telling this story though there's a there's a competition at lessing flynn that i'm a part of which um tracks our steps on the app and Preston has this, uh, let's call it unique method of acquiring steps. Yeah. So what happened was it was, a co- it was five years ago, I think. And this was before my time at Lessing Flynn, but I put, I had my um, Fitbit tracker and it was kind of like one of the older ones. And it was during spring planting and all this. So I was at the farm doing things and all of a sudden, there's this cow that's calving and she needed help. And she actually did. And I had to go in. I was rushing out. I didn't know the sense of time and how long she'd been working at it. And I just went in without gloves or anything. And I was trying to pull this calf out. And while I did it, I had my left hand in and my Fitbit fell off while I was inside the uterus trying to grab this calf out. And I was telling this story to when uh, Amy was going over the competition and I said, well, a couple of years ago, this happened to me and I had the most steps of my entire Fitbit life right there because she pulled the calf out and she walked off on pasture up and down hills for the next seven days till the battery died. (laughs) It It was astronomically high. That's amazing. Oh, I love that story. (laughs) So that's kind of my one, you know, that's one of my favorite farm stories to tell people too. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Um, One of the, so one of the things that we do here at the end of the, at the end of the show is what I learned this week. So did you bring with you something that you learned this week? Because we'll, we'll go into that segment here. Yeah, I did learn something this week. And what I learned was that we have, Right now we're calving. So I think I'm an experienced like farmhand when it comes to the calving. Well, it turns out I'm really not because every cow that has a calf, one something throws me through a loop. And in this case, um, this morning there was a calf that was born and I was like running all over the place looking. I was like, which one, which cow had this calf? She's up at the hay trough eating. And so she just left her newborn and I thought it was another one got it in with this calf because it was bawling for it this one is like the cow is the first time she's ever had a or that she's ever going to have a calf is this year and she's bawling for it and i thought it was actually hers and so i ended up having two cows and one calf and a pen trying to determine which one was the mom and the moral of the story is that what i learned was that you all you need to do is just be able to observe from afar for maybe an extra two to five minutes, just be patient and you'll be able to understand who the mom is because that cat, the one that didn't, the baby didn't belong to it. I mean, 
she wanted nothing to do with it after that. She just wanted to act like she was. And they, they trick you. And that's another thing I learned is that cows are smarter than what we give them credit for. They will trick you into believing things. So they are both ninjas and masters of deception. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They also, they're also really good at like undoing a finch chain too. I learned that sometimes too. They're really good at that. They can, sometimes they nimble their way out of spaces. <laughs> that fencing is uh, growing up when I would go to my grandparents' farm, fencing was the chore that I hated the most yes. and fixing fence. And I, that was, I mean, I would, I would do anything before <laughs> I would have to go. But I, I, that was the thing that I hated most yeah, standing down in the is- ditch in the mud most often. And yeah. Oh, one other thing that I learned is, you know, growing up, I always thought I was scared of, you know, the sand, the sinking sand that you see on like cartoons and movies. Like as a kid, I was was scared of like the the sinking sand story things. Um, Meanwhile, the actual like sand pits or like the sinking mud holes are actually out in the lot this time of year with all the snow melting and all that mud pile everywhere. That is actually the life lesson that I feel like I learned this week was you know, I thought I was scared of that. Truly, it's being scared of that mud pit out in the lot, especially when you have to carry a newborn calf into the barn and you have to trop through it. And then you got a hormonal mom on your backside, like, because you're messing with her baby. So we all learned, we grew up on cartoons warning us that we needed to be careful of quicksand in the middle of the jungle. But the reality is, is that in the middle of a field in Iowa is actually the really dangerous place for you. Don't worry. Don't worry about being on some sort of remote island. Um, (laughs) Just, just watch your step in the, actually, you know, that's actually a good point though. You just should watch your step in the field at all times. (laughs) (laughs) Sound advice. We have spent too many segments on this show talking about cows, ninja cows, and and other cows. But it, this is this has been great. This is super. We yeah, will post we will me. post a link of of how to get a hold of you on the website on on the Facebook page. Uh, and if people are interested, uh, Pooh's beef. Yeah. Oh, one other note too on that is you know when we get going into ramping up you know, maybe our advertising and marketing around it. We have two dogs named beef and brisket, you know, like that is marketing material and images one Oh one to kind of like show that like we're all in when it comes to beef production and giving customers what they want. You know, we even name our dogs like animal names like that. (laughs) Preston, thanks for joining us. This has been great. Cool. So the thing that I learned this week was that Poots beef, A, is really good because we had it for dinner. I'll post a picture. And B, that the Poots Jacobson uh, burger flipper that we got uh, works really well as well. And on one end, you can flip burgers. And on the other end, you can open beers. It is a multi-tool that... What more do you need in your kitchen? I can't think of a darn thing. That's that's pretty. I mean, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, do you do you have anything? Do you have a do you have something you learned that you wanted to add to this little bonus episode? Yeah, I grew up in Iowa, but I clearly did not grow up in Iowa. And I, and I'm okay with some of that. <laughs>
Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod, available on Incompetech.com under Creative Commons Attribution License. Uh, search Talking on the number two, no Geno space. You can subscribe wherever you get your pods. You can check out our award-winning merch on Zazzle. You can tweet at us at TalkingToTodd.com. Uh, hey, Todd, where can they leave us a voicemail? 515, also CPA. That's 515-257-6272. And since it's getting near tax time, if the line's busy, just keep calling. You can, you can, if you can't get through on the, on the, on the phone line, you can always stop by and see us at the Tuba City Home Office. You can also visit us at the website, talkingtotodd.com. Todd? I'm also thinking, and we probably need to, we need to run this past Preston, but if you want to order your own side of beef in 2022, you could probably call 515, also CPA, and we'll pass the message along. We, we'll, we'll see if we can work something out. Oh, Dwayne, is there a way that we can put a side of, uh, of beef uh, on Zazzle? <laughs> Look into that. Yes, I'm but we saying. can't it's... name it. We, we can, but we can't name it Lennon or McCartney. Okay. All right. I think we can, I think we can work on something. Because uh, anyway, you know, the talking to Todd Beef. Um, hmm. Yeah. Why don't, why, don't we, why don't we work on that? We're going to need to workshop that a little bit. You know, that I say that out loud, that, that, that may be a bad idea, but you know, that's never stopped me before. I'm the ideas guy. You know, you're the editor. <laughs> you do it from, do it the way you want. Again, 400 ideas. You pick the good one. <laughs> and until next week, we've been talking to Todd. <laughs> We just uh, we just about tipped that episode over, but we saved it. Moo.